This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today is Monday, October 7th, 2019. On this day in 1923, Nazi concentration camp guard Irma Greza was born in Russian Germany. Greza would become infamous for her cruelty at Ravensbrück, Bergen-Belsen, and Auschwitz during the Holocaust. After she was executed on December 13, 1945, stories of her brutality rocketed Irma Greza to worldwide notoriety. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. Every day, we flip back the calendar to this date years ago and recount one event from true crime history. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Due to the graphic nature of this woman's crimes, listener discretion is advised. We advise extreme caution for children under the age of 13. Today, we're going back to October 7th, 1923, when Irma Greza was born into a farming family in the rural village of Reschen, Germany. In less than two short decades, she'd mature into one of Nazi Germany's most vicious concentration camp guards. But everything began on a chilly October morning, just like any other in Reschen. Mommy said that it was too cold to play outside, but Alfred didn't believe her. He could see the rusty autumn sunlight streaming in through the living room window and longed to run through the grass, collect colorful leaves, and clasp at the last vestiges of early autumn. In a matter of days, he'd need to bundle up in a thick coat and itchy gloves before he could set foot outside. But today... Alfred's parents forbade him and his brother, Lieschen, from having any fun. The boys didn't fully understand what was going on. Alfred asked his father if his mother was hurt, and Daddy, gruff-voiced, responded that she wasn't ill at all before shooing Alfred from the bedroom. Daddy might claim that Mommy wasn't sick, but Alfred didn't understand why else she'd lie in bed, holding her swollen belly while crying and moaning. The fact that nobody would explain what was going on only contributed to Alfred's concern. But Alfred knew that he'd have to be strong and stoic. The child had to set a good example for his brother, Lieschen, who wasn't as tough as he was. While their mother's cries sounded stifled, but still audible through the closed door, Alfred scoured the room and spotted a ball in the corner. He wasn't supposed to play inside, of course, but he'd be careful. His parents wouldn't even need to know that Alfred and Lieschen were breaking the rules. In a matter of minutes, the brothers were clambering back and forth across the kitchen on unsteady legs. The ball bounced gloriously off the floor and walls, and the brothers chased it through the kitchen and living room. 
Alfred had almost forgotten about his concern for his mother when the ball took an unfortunate bounce off the dining room chair and sailed into the lamp in the corner. In horror, Alfred watched as the delicate glass fixture wobbled, then toppled to the ground. It shattered into what must have been 10 million tiny pieces. The bedroom door popped open to reveal Daddy, red-faced with fury. Their play, forgotten, Lieschen and Alfred cowered, uncertain how they'd pay for their crime. Surprisingly, the usually stern Daddy settled to simply lecture the boys. Alfred had been certain he'd suffer a thorough beating at least. But Daddy instead rambled about how Mommy needed quiet and the boys needed to behave. And then, without even a spanking, Daddy disappeared back into the recesses of the bedroom. The lack of a beating actually left Alfred even more disturbed. Daddy must be really worried about Mommy not to punish the boys. Lieschen, oblivious to the implications, plopped to the ground and began to pick at a rough spot in the floor's wood grain. But Alfred stared at the closed bedroom door, pondering the secrets inside. What was wrong with Mommy? Was Daddy lying? Was she really sick after all? Or maybe it was something else. She'd been hurt or was dying. Maybe she'd been cursed by a witch. As Mommy's pained wails echoed through the kitchen, even Lieschen seemed to realize that something was wrong, and he began to cry. Out the window, Alfred saw a few passing children glance up. Had they heard the screams too? Or were they just wondering what had become of Alfred and Lieschen? It didn't matter. Alfred had responsibilities. He tore himself away from the window and the better life that it promised and dropped to the floor to comfort his brother. Alfred didn't know how much time passed after that, but he was still on the floor, his arm around his brother's shoulders, when the bedroom door swung open again. Daddy stepped out and beckoned for his sons to enter. For a long moment, Alfred remained on the floor, suspicious. Was this a trick? Had Daddy changed his mind about beating the boys for breaking the lamp earlier? Alfred rose to his feet and helped Lieschen up as well. They stepped into the darkened bedroom, and Alfred needed to wait for his eyes to adjust before he saw the strange scene. Mommy lay in bed, looking tired, in her arms, she held a tiny baby wrapped in a blanket. Alfred had seen a lot of cute infants before, and he didn't know why this one looked so red and pruney. Maybe there was something wrong with it. Wisely, Alfred held his tongue. In a few moments, Mommy announced that this shriveled little baby was Alfred's new sister. Her name was Irma. Mommy held out the infant so that Alfred could look at the child's face. Irma's eyes were closed, and her mouth was scrunched up in a disgruntled frown. Needless to say, Alfred was unimpressed. But his parents, and even Lieschen, seemed excited about the baby, so Alfred held his tongue and fussed over her. He wondered how his life would change now that he had a sister. 
Coming up, we'll tell the story of Nazi concentration camp guard Irma Greza, whose cruelty earned her the moniker The Beautiful Beast. Now back to the story. On October 7, 1923, Irma Greza was born in Russian Germany. She matured just as the Nazi government came into power, and she found herself particularly susceptible to their propagandistic efforts. As an attractive, blonde country girl, Irma was exactly the sort of Aryan citizen that Hitler's administration celebrated. Before she reached adulthood, Irma was already a committed Nazi sympathizer. Irma's father, Alfred Sr., was opposed to her growing sense of identification with the administration, but she had limited respect for him. He had partaken in an extramarital affair in 1936, which had led to her mother's suicide, and Irma frequently butted heads with Alfred's strict rules and harsh temper. Around 1938, eager to get out from under her father's thumb, Irma moved out of her home. She worked a series of odd jobs before she entered nurse training at Hohenlucian Sanatorium. There, she reportedly connected with Dr. Carl Gebhardt, her mentor and one of the most violent architects of the Holocaust. Gebhardt thought Irma had limited potential as a nurse, but she could serve the party in other ways. With his support and urging, Irma entered guard training at Ravensbrück concentration camp when she was 18 years old. There, Irma was further indoctrinated to the Nazi party. She honed her cruel streak and found that her most vicious outbursts were rewarded. She rose through the ranks and soon was promoted to camp supervisor at Ravensbrück. But Irma didn't reach the full depths of her depravity until 1943, when she began working at the Auschwitz death camp. Serving as Oberaufseherinnen, a high-ranking camp guard, Irma blended her sexual sadistic impulses with her official duties. Dubbed the beautiful beast by her prisoners, Irma became infamous even among the ranks of Auschwitz concentration camp guards. Survivor accounts detailed the cruel and creative punishments that Irma would enact against her inmates. Irma made a cellophane whip, which she carried with her at all times and used to keep inmates in line. Naturally pretty and vain, Irma took great pains to ensure her expensive uniforms were well-fitted, her boots were shined, and her hair was always perfectly styled. She enjoyed affairs with male SS officers and regularly tortured attractive inmates who stoked her jealousy. Irma also sexually assaulted female prisoners and incorporated sexual torture into her daily cruelty. She reportedly masturbated while watching her inmates undergo painful medical experiments. Irma's penchant for cruelty was only stopped in 1945, after Allied forces marched through Germany and began liberating the camps. Irma fled from Auschwitz to Bergen-Belsen, but was arrested there in 1945. Survivor accounts were enough to convict Irma of war crimes later that year. She was sentenced to death. 
On December 13, 1945, Irma was executed by hanging. Although Irma was only 22 when she died, she'd already ensured her place amongst the darkest historical figures. She became a symbol of the cruelest depths humanity can achieve with the right combination of propaganda and indoctrination. Her life would serve as a warning for generations to come. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. For more information on the crimes of Irma Greza, check out the episodes of Female Criminals, where my co-host Sammy and I covered her crimes and psychology. Today in True Crime is a ParCast original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast originals, like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram at ParCast and Twitter at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler, is a production of Cutler Media, and is part of the ParCast Network. It is produced by Max and Ron Cutler, sound designed by Carrie Murphy, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Paul Liebeskin, Maggie Admire, and Travis Clark. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Angela Jorgensen. I'm Vanessa Richardson. 